I realize everybody's sick, and uh, I, I hate that for you. Ailments, you know, are the majority of, of you all uh, are, are out tonight. The church is not meeting tonight because of ailments. And uh, I understand that uh, we, we really ought to consider what it's like not to be able to do the things we're used to doing. I believe we take for granted uh, the opportunity to come to God's house. Matter of fact, I know we do. We take that for granted, and then an ailment will come up or something would happen like such as it has today and prevent us from being in God's house. And uh, I, I understand uh, that it, uh, we didn't want it to be that way, but we need to take this moment and this time and consider uh, just what it is to have ailments and not be able to get to God's house. We do have some shut-ins in our church uh, that are unable to be at God's house and want to be at God's house, would be at God's house, and uh, can't be, and uh, we, we get a little taste of that today, uh, having the majority of you sick, not felt the best in the world this morning myself, and it's coming and going, I don't know really what's going on there, uh, but uh, I want to consider, I just want to take a moment tonight, if the Lord would help us, and consider uh, what it's like not to be able to do like we are used to being able to do, okay? And uh, so I, I want to start that way, Lord, being our helper. Now, I hope none of you have to uh, go to the doctor or anything like that. But uh, if you do, we'll be praying for you. But I thought about the doctor that told the man with the hurt back not to worry about things. Uh, he'd, have been, uh, he'd be back to walking in about 30 days. And he was right. The old boy that uh, had been to the doctor had to sell his car uh, to pay for the doctor bill. So he was no doubt uh, having to walk for sure. And by 30 days into it, he certainly was walking. We don't want you to be in that kind of shape uh, tonight. We just trust that the Lord will continue to help you and heal you uh, and get us back together. Okay, so let's start in Ecclesiastes chapter number 12 and verse number 1 where the Bible says, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Now youth uh, can be defined in many ways. And we find youth and youthfulness in the scripture uh, over and over again in different uh, scenarios and uh, in different contexts. But I want to look at the context of these verses of Scripture and define youth if I can. Now, we made a statement the uh, other night that your success will be, in your success in this life, your success uh, in the ministry, your success as a witness, your success with your testimony, uh, your success as a child of God will be determined by how well your eyes can see into eternity. And if you have to be sitting in a hospital bed before you see eternity uh, in its full scope, uh, you will not get far with God. And uh, so I, I want you to consider this tonight. I want you to think about eternity and I, I fear that we have to get to the place in our life where we are sick or we are down or we are unable or maybe reach the end of our days or find ourselves in the hospital bed somewhere before we ever get to look at eternity and see eternity the way that I feel like the Lord wants us to see eternity and that the scripture reveals to us eternity. Um, it's unfortunate, and uh, I can't say that I always have my mind on eternity and see it in its full scope, but I do understand the Lord is expecting us to think 
with the mindset of eternity. I will draw my last breath, but I will always be. I will, I'm, a, I'm a being, uh, eternal being today. And uh, you are an eternal being today. You'll either live eternally or you'll die eternally, but you will be an eternal being today. You are an eternal being today. And so you need to consider that, and we need to consider eternity. We have short uh, vision, and we can't see past this life a lot of times, and uh, it's unfortunate. But the Bible here says, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. I want you to notice um, the, the writer here, Solomon, doesn't say to remember your Savior or to remember your Lord or anything of the like. Solomon says here, uh, Creator, remember thy Creator. And we need to remember why and how we are here. And uh, we need to remember Acts 17 and 28 where the Bible said, For in him we live and move and have our being. Psalms 139 verse 14 says, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. But you understand that while we are fearfully and wonderfully made, while we live and move and have our being, we were made by him on that, no doubt, and for his purpose. And so we are reminded to remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. When we think about uh, the Lord, we ought to think about him as our creator, uh, the one that put us in the place in life where we are. No one breathing today upon God's earth is here because of their choosing. Uh, and you will not die because of your choosing. You were born because someone else made a decision. You will die because of the decision someone else made some 6,000 years ago in the Garden of Eden. And uh, because of that, you will live and, and you will die, but it's what you do between uh, the time you were born and the time that you draw your last breath that is in your ability to make those decisions. And we're being reminded to remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. The fact that there's even a reminder here uh, gives implication to the fact that uh, you and I have a tendency to forget God, to forget our creator, to forget him and our purpose upon this earth. And so verse 1 says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. And so... Uh, the Bible says, while the evil days come not. Now, I find it interesting, and we're going to look at, in this context of these verses here, why the Bible says to remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. It's easier to remember God, to remember your creator, to remember why you are upon this earth when you reach the place where you're no longer in your youth. When you get to the place where your youthfulness has left you, it is easier and becomes easier to remember thy creator. But the Lord wants us to remember him not just in our old age. And we understand that the writer of Ecclesiastes lived his life 
and at the end of his life blew it all by choosing a bunch of women that God had not allowed him or would not allow him to, uh, to take to wife, people uh, that had other gods other than the God of our uh, the God of creation, our God, the only true and living God. He blew it at the end of his life. But it's important that not just at the end of our life that we remember, and I am thankful today that uh, there is a saving God, a saving Christ that uh, will take someone that's 80, 90 years old, and I'm thankful he still saves old sinners. And uh, sinners have the ability to approach the throne of grace and ask forgiveness uh, for their sins and call upon the name which is above every name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and be saved. I thank God for that. And there's testimony of uh, older folk in the hospital bed uh, coming to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And while we thank God for his saving grace and for his forgiveness, and, uh, but we do understand that's a wasted life, that years went by that one could do something for God, uh, but could, did not and would not. And because of that, that life was wasted for God. And so... I thank the Lord for his saving grace, but it's, it's naturally uh, easier for one who would come to the end of their life to realize that God is the creator. I've, I've watched, uh, I looked, or, or excuse me, was watching a biography of a man who had written, I don't know, somewhere around six or seven uh, books uh, on life and on death. And in his youth, when he wrote these books, he was matter of fact in his, or in his ideology, rather, about life and death. But he stated when they done a, a video of this man in his last days uh, that it haunted him that he did not have the answers to life and death. And I thought about how unfortunate that his books are still on shelves today and uh, people still have the ability to purchase his material to read his material, and he himself did not even believe on his deathbed the very material that he had written about life and death. Why? Because in his older age, when his youth was gone, it put things into a different light and into a different perspective. You cannot reach a, a age of seniority in life, become uh, uh, elderly, and, and still think the way uh, that you did in your youth. And so the Bible says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Now let me say this, youthfulness is not just 12, 13, 14 years old. When Paul warned Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, and verse number 12 about his youth. And let no man despise thy youth. He was warning him not to allow his youthfulness to get in the way of his better judgment. And cause people to disregard the message that he brought because of his youth. In other words, uh, you are responsible for your actions and how you act, Timothy. Don't allow your youth to interfere uh, with what God has called you to do. You can't change people, but you can live by example and live a certain way that will cause people to take notice of your maturity in spite of your youthfulness. And so the Bible says, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, 
while the evil days come not. What are those days? Nor the years draw nigh. What are those years? When thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. The evil days that come and the years that draw nigh in which one will say they have no pleasure in them are the difficult and hard days uh, when one can't do what they wanted physically. Their mind was willing, but they were not able to want to be, uh, to want to, but to, to be unable to, to see the wasted years and wish you could, but you cannot. That's what this is talking about here. Uh, the evil days, when the evil days come not, and nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. And so verse 2 says, While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened. Now notice here, if you will, that in verse 2, the, they're not, the, the writer here, Solomon, is not just saying while the sun or the light, but he brings in the moon. And uh, he said, or the stars be not darkened. Well, the moon and the stars come out when it is dark. And uh, the sun and the light uh, is, is opposing to that of the time of day when the moon or the stars would be out. So the writer here is talking about that, that there's a time when the sun and the light and the moon and the stars will be darkened. But remember thy creators in the days of thy youth when it's not this way. What's he talking about here? The expression in verse 2. Uh, is, is talking about when you are unable to see. See, in your old age, in your old days uh, of your life, your, your vision becomes dim. said, while the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened or the clouds return after the rain. What does this expression mean? Or the clouds return after the rain. The expression in verse 2 that says, nor the clouds return after the rain is talking about the finality of knowing the rain that has failed, but understanding you may not see it rain again. To watch it rain, but not to, to know the clouds may not come back and it rain again. You and I don't think anything of that. You and I in our youth, we might see it rain today, and now we don't think that might be the last time that we ever see it rain. And, uh, or that might be the last time I ever speak to this person or talk to this individual or do this or do that. Our mind is not set that way because we are in our youth. The Bible says, remember now thy creator in the days when this isn't happening, when you're not in this position, when you're not in the place where your eyes are dim and you cannot see. Because I assure you, when you get to the place where your eyes are dim and you cannot see and your life is changed and you're unable to do that which your mind would like to do but your body cannot do, it will force you to put your mind upon your Creator. The Bible says in verse 3, in the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble. Now I wish that I could tell you that I always understood what that verse of Scripture was talking about, and really it's quite simple what this verse of scripture is talking about. I just, I was just looking at it in the wrong way, and I did not fully, and have not fully in years gone by, understood what this was meaning, but it makes sense because 
Uh, we understand that if this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, the Bible says. This house, you understand, this temporary home. What is a tabernacle? A tabernacle is a temporary dwelling place. Abraham and Isaac dwell in tabernacles. And so the body is being likened unto a house by Solomon in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 3. And he says, in the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble. What is the keepers? It's the upright, the structural uh, skeletal system of the home. Uh, you go out here on the porch of the church and uh, you'll see some uprights that's holding uh, the roof, if you will, uh, the rafters up uh, over the porch. What are those? Those are structural uprights. They're supporting uh, the, the roof, if you will. And uh, the Bible says here, in the days when the keepers of the house shall tremble. We're, locked, we're talking about the body, this earthly tabernacle, this temporary home, if you will, in the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble. What is that? That is our legs. That's what's holding our body up. My, my uprights, if you will. Uh, the structure that's holding me uh, north and south at this very moment is the two legs that God has given me uh, attached to my torso. And uh, these legs are what's holding me up. And the Bible says here in the days when the keepers of the house shall tremble. So we're to remember our creator in the days uh, uh, when, our, when our uprights are not bowed and our uprights are not shaking. An elderly person uh, uh, that's reached the, 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 the place where their youth is gone uh, struggles to hold themselves upright because their structural, uh, their, their uprights, what's holding them upward, if you will, uh, does not have the stability that it once had. So the Bible said, In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble and the strong men shall bow themselves. What's that talking about? That's talking about men that were once strong, that once could do anything that anyone else could do. A man's man, a tough man, a man that could go out here and work like maybe nobody else can. You know, the toughest of men still get old. And I, I used to be, I won't lie to you, I used to pride myself in having more strength than some in my younger years. And uh, when I was in high school, I could do, normally used to be able to pick up about twice as much as the average person my age could pick up in, in, my, in my youth. I was pretty strong, pretty stout. And I, I thought a lot of that. Now I'm suffering the effects of some of that today physically because of some of the ignorant things I used to do in my youth, trying to do more than what maybe my body was supposed to, to be doing. Uh, but I did, I, I was strong. But the thing about it is, getting old is an equalizer. Everybody gets old. And everybody, unless they die at a young age, will live until uh, they've reached the fruition of their, of their life and they're older and they're unable to do that in which they used to be able to do. And even a man that used to be strong will bow and hunch over and, and get uh, in a, in a, in a non-upright position in his, in his structure because of his age. The Bible said in the days when the keepers of the house shall tremble and the strong men shall bow themselves and the grinders cease because they are few. What's the grinders? That's your teeth. That's what you chew with. 
you get old, and uh, in these days, I'm sure the dentist wasn't quite like what we have today, uh, your teeth fall out. Your teeth get uh, rotten, and uh, when you get old, you have problems with your teeth. And so uh, the, the writer here is painting a picture of one, really, that's, that's quite elderly. Not just really one of, of seniority, per se, but I mean one that, that's reached up there in, in age. And when you reach that point, it's easy to remember your creator. But the Bible says remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. The Bible says here in verse 3, And the grinders cease because they are few, not many teeth. And those that look out of the windows be darkened. Think about this, if you will, for just a moment. The Bible says here, And those that look out the windows be darkened. Verse 4 says, And the doors, now listen, shall be shut in the streets. So notice, if you will, that verse 3, when it's talking about those that look out the windows be darkened, their eyes do not have the ability to see the way they used to. But now the Bible says, And the doors shall be shut in the streets when the sound of the grinding is low. What is that? That's talking about the ears. When you can't hear the way that you used to. The Bible said in verse 4, And the doors be shut in the streets when the sound of the grinding is low. This is referring to the ears and the inability to hear well, uh, which causes the person that's speaking to have to repeatedly speak again and again louder and louder because in your seniority, your ability to hear has gone. Now, we all know people uh, that have hard, that's hard of hearing that are older. I myself am not really all that old, but even I have problems with my hearing from being around equipment and things that were high decibels. I don't hear real well. And uh, so older folk, and you know people have hearing aids. And, and that, why? Because they're, they're, they're getting older. Things are breaking down. Things are not like they were in the days of thy youth. Are you seeing a picture here uh, how that older people get to the place where uh, all these things are happening, but we don't realize it in our youth uh, what actually is coming in the days that lie ahead. And if we're not careful, we'll allow our youth to rob us of time. And the Bible says redeeming the time because the days are evil. We'll allow our youth to rob us of the things that God wants out of our lives. Now the Bible says here, and the doors shall be shut in the streets when the sound of the grinding is low. And he shall rise up at the voice of the bird. What does that mean? That means that he can't sleep. That means that just the, the anything at all can wake, wake one out of sleep. You, you don't have the ability to rest like you need to. I remember my papa when he got to a certain age and he started struggling real bad with his health. He stayed tired all of the time. I mean all of the time he stayed tired but he never could sleep real good all through the night. And uh, he was constantly needing to sleep, but never able to get the rest that he needed. At the sound of just anything, it would wake one out of sleep. And so the Bible says here, uh, and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and the daughters of music shall be 
brought low. And I believe the implication here is uh, the ability to, uh, to speak like one used to speak. Now, you would agree that the, the melodious, uh, the melody and the harmony uh, of young uh, female voices uh, uh, is a beautiful thing to hear. And the Bible here is talking about the, the doors being shut in the streets. And uh, we understand that's, that's talking about uh, the ability to hear uh, when, there's, when the grinding of the teeth is slow and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, he can't sleep. He kinda, it's almost like having insomnia, if you will. And then all the daughters of music shall be brought low. The ability, the ability to have the youthfulness in the voice that one used to have. Now verse 5 said, And when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fears shall be in the way. You ever notice somebody that gets some age on them is scared to is scared of heights? Now I used to climb. I've built. Uh, I've worked on a house and built a barn, and I've helped folk build and helped build a church. And I've been up on the rafters, been up on the roof. I've carried a tool bag. I've run across the rafters before. But I tell you this, and even where I work today, I have heights that I have to climb. I have ladders that put me on top of equipment. Uh, and, and uh, vessels that are hanging in the air are really high and every once in a while I have to get up on a vessel that I've not been on in a few years and the last time I had to climb up on a vessel, uh, I'll be honest with you, it spooked me more than it ever had. I've worked in the same place, in the same field, doing the same thing on this one location for 12 years, been on that equipment many times, but this one particular, the last time I had to get on it, I'll be honest with you, I looked down at the ground and I thought, man, if I fall, I'm dead. Uh, things that didn't bother me before, things that didn't that didn't enter my mind like they used to before. I thought about thinking about a preacher right now uh, that uh, made the remark on many times when he told a story about his church, how he went down to the church and uh, he was they was working on the church roof and he got up a ladder and headed up on that roof and man he said he scared him to death. Been on a roof many times, but hadn't been on one in a long time. What happened? Got some age on him. Things begin to change in our perspective. And the way we think, and in this particular portion of Scripture, the Bible is talking about one, the Bible said, and when they shall be afraid of that which is high. It's talking about heights. And fears shall be in the way. They've lost. Now listen, what, what fears would be in the way? Think about this. We're, we're talking about one that's having trouble seeing, one that's having trouble hearing. We're talking about one whose voice is not quite what it used to be. Talking about one that's reached that place where their mind is, is willing but their body isn't able. And we get to verse 5 and the Bible says that when they shall be afraid of that which is high and fears shall be in the way. What fears? That's when you've lost your self-confidence. When one loses their ability to go and do alone what they used to do all along. Fear sets in the heart of one that's lost their youth. You don't have the confidence to go and do the things that you used to do in your youth. I witnessed my grandmother who was cognitively aware of the fact that she was starting to lose some of her faculties. 
And she tried so hard to hide it from everyone else because she didn't want her freedom taken away from her, but she would also write herself notes and leave herself little uh, memory cards in her bedroom to remember to do certain things because she was afraid that she was going to get out somewhere or get in a situation that she wasn't going to be able to get back. She didn't want us to know it because she didn't want to lose her freedom. But she still knew that uh, she was nervous and scared about being able to do what she would have normally done because of her age. Something had set in in her and she was not able to have the confidence that she could do the things that I had always known her to be able to do. And I guess I, I'm not real old, but I, I hear people say getting old is for the birds. And uh, if the Lord allows me to live, I guess I'll get old. And I'm getting older all the time, and I certainly ain't able to do what I used to do when I was first married. But the Bible said in verse 5, and the almond tree shall flourish. This is simply a picture of the white hair, the hoary head. And the grasshopper shall be a burden. Thought about that. You know, we, we preached on this the other night or the other Sunday talking about the grasshopper. The grasshopper, the first time we really see that in the scripture, uh, the grasshopper, we find that the, the locusts come in and, uh, uh, and it was a plague. But we see also that the children of Israel, when they got over into Canaan uh, or over there at the edge of Canaan, uh, and Caleb was arguing with them that they could take the land, they said that we are but grasshoppers in our own sight. They were viewing themselves as grasshoppers against uh, the, the giants of Anak. And uh, because of that, that's how they viewed their self. And in this verse of scripture here, we're talking about how one has lost their confidence. Now, the Bible says here, and fears shall be in the way. They don't have the confidence that they used to have. But then the Bible said, and the grasshoppers shall be a burden. You know what that means? That means that they have become their biggest enemy. Now Solomon was king of Israel. He understood something about uh, the Pentateuch. He understood uh, something about the writings here of Moses. He had to have known something about the children of Israel uh, having got over to Canaan and, 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 and for whatever reason seen themselves uh, as grasshoppers in their own sight even though God told them they could possess the land. In this situation, you get to a place when you get elderly and older, you reach the point in your life where uh, you become uh, your, your biggest enemy. I, I mean, you, you see, you realize that you're not able to do what you used to be able to do. You see yourself as unable. And uh, that's why fear sets in, because there are some things that one gets involved in that when they get older, they're not able to do what they used to do. They used to... Uh, it used to, Brother Gene would talk to me son when I'd visit with him or talk to him on the phone. It used to really bother him that his hand would give him the issues that it gave him. And uh, it was all because of age. And uh, his mind wanted to do something one way, but his body wasn't able to do it. And it used to frustrate him because he wanted to be able to do what he had always done. And I took notice of that and I, I see people go through that and I know that's coming for me. But then we get down here and the Bible says here, in verse 5, uh, and the, the grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire shall fail. Now this is talking about the natural desires and the basic drives that are natural to humankind. And they diminish. 
uh, when you get older, your natural ability, your natural desires that uh, were given to you naturally began to diminish. Your desire for, uh, you know, you don't notice that some people when they reach a certain age, they lose their ability to eat. They don't want to eat. They're not hungry. Uh, food don't taste good to them. There's, it's not there. There's no appetite. That's a, that's a natural desire. And then you find out of intimate relationships. And I'm not being crude tonight. I'm just preaching the Bible. So bear with me. But you understand that there's a natural, uh, there's a natural progression in the life of a human being. And the Bible tells us that, uh, uh, that, that it's, uh, the, the Bible tells us about bearing children in our youth. And happy is the man that has his quiver, quiver full of them. But we find that when one gets older here, the Bible said, and desire shall fail. That's talking about the desire of an intimate relationship, maybe with one's spouse. That begins to wane. And I'll say this, what causes a youth to keep their mind off of, off of their creator, a lot of times they allow their natural desires to run them rampant and they'll put their mind towards their natural desires and feed that part of their, uh, their flesh and their desires rather than give themselves to their creator. And so you see how, the, how sometimes we allow youthfulness to rob us of the things of God. When, when, a, when a, young, uh, a young teenager or a young couple uh, or maybe a young man or a young woman that's not married, they're constantly thinking about a relationship. They're not thinking about their creator. They're allowing themselves to be eat up with the desires of their flesh rather than giving themselves to the mind of the creator. And I'm not saying that one does not have the right in the, the Bible talks about the marriage bed being undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. I understand God give an intimate relationship between a man and a woman as a gift. I understand that I'm not taking away from that. Now, but what I am saying is, is when a person reaches a certain age in their life, that part of them does not operate the way that it used to. And so the Bible says here, because man goeth to his long home. What's that mean? Talking about the grave. It says, and the mourners go about the streets. What's that talking about? That means that the funeral, friend, isn't far in the future. Then the Bible said, or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bow be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern. This simply speaking of the time of death. So contextually here, in chapter number 12, everything we've been describing to you up to this point is someone, friend, that is losing their faculties, that is of the age where they're so elderly they're just not able to do the things that they used to do on many levels. It's not most one level. It's matters of eyesight and hearing and speaking and cognitive behavior, all kinds of things. But you know what? When you can't do something, you have a lot of time to think. Now, this is really where the Lord's pushing me. And I, if you'll help me here just a minute, pray for me. We'll get done here in just a minute. But the Bible said, Then shall the dust return, verse 7, to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Now, I want you to understand here, at the end of it all, we're, we're finding that death is the final step. Now, drop with me to verse 13 for just a minute. The Bible said, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. The conclusion of this is simply this, as you've heard many times, I'm sure, in this familiar portion of Scripture, this chapter. The conclusion of the whole matter is for you and I to fear God. 
to remember God in the days of our youth. You'll remember God when you're on your deathbed. Listen, death, eternity, the future, it'll be on your mind on your deathbed. What's plaguing us today is it's not on our mind in our youth. And so the Bible says here, and understand with me, it's, uh, it's appointed that the man wants to die. And after this, the judgment, we all have an appointment uh, with death. And if we don't die by some uh, situation that's supernatural, I mean, you know, some emergency or something bad that would transpire, we, by a natural chain of events, uh, will get old and we will get to the place uh, where we cannot do what we used to do. Uh, and when our bodies is, is, is not able, but our mind is, and we cannot go and we cannot do and we cannot be where we want to be, active in the things we want to be active in, your mind will be free. And you will have no ability to do a lot of things from an activity standpoint, but you will have a lot of ability to think about what you used to do, what you could have done, and what God wants you to do moving forward. And I want to say this, I'm not trying to beat up on older people tonight. And if you by chance find yourself in a situation where you look at your youth, you realize you've wasted time, you realize you've wasted life, and you get to the place where you're depressed and say, I just can't do anything anymore. Uh, I want you to know, friend, we still need prayer warriors uh, in 2022 uh, that'll pray for the church, pray for the preacher, pray for a lost and dying world, uh, and pray for lost family members, friend. And so I want you to know God's not done with you. And can I say this? You are created to bring praise and glory to your creator. The Bible said everything that hath breath, praise ye the Lord. And if you're still breathing, friend, you can still be praising. And if you're still breathing, you can still be praying. And I wish, and I, I think about Brother Gene, how he prayed for me. And I, I miss it. I miss his prayers. And I, I want you to pray for me. And I want to pray for you. But we, we can still pray. So the Bible says here in uh, verse 14, uh, For God shall bring every work into judgment, whether every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Friend, we're going to be judged not only by how we think and what we do in our, in our seniority, but we will be judged by what we've done in our youth. And the Bible, I want you to know, says in, in Proverbs 22 and 6, very familiar, the Bible said, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now this verse has the implication that the younger years may be wasted. Why? Because the Bible said, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old. We see the prodigal son in Luke chapter number 15, how he took the inheritance from his father, and he went into the far country, and he wasted his substance with riotous living. He was throwing away what was given to him uh, in his youth. Everything that his father had done in his youth uh, to get to the place when he was older, to give that inheritance to his son in his youth, uh, he went and squandered it today, friend. And in context of Ecclesiastes chapter number 12, your youth is anything but when you're in the situation that this chapter is saying that these individuals are, could be in. You, you can be 60, friend, and if you've got your youth, praise God, use it for the glory and honor of God. You can be 50 and still have some youthfulness in you. Use it for the glory and for the honor of God. So this verse in Proverbs 22 has the implication that the younger years may be wasted. 
Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. But you see here, youth have youthfulness. They have the privilege of physical ability. That's the one thing that we find is lacking in Ecclesiastes chapter number 12 with someone that is not a youth. Someone that's reached this stage of seniority and maturity in their life, they no longer have physical ability. Everything in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 is dealing with that of physical ability. So youth have youthfulness. They have the privilege of physical ability, something that one maybe that's not a youth in Ecclesiastes 12 would not have. Now, the thing about this, they, they have privilege of physical ability, but the mind, the mind is robbed of God by activity. Youthful, youthful people have the ability. They have their youth. They have their ability to do things that people even 40 and 50 don't have the ability to do. And because of that, they're always active and they're always moving. They're always doing and they're always busy. Their mind is always full of something. Go to Philippians chapter number 4 with me for just a moment, please. Philippians chapter number 4. I want to read to you a, fam a familiar portion of Scripture, but I want to call your attention to something. Philippians 4 and verse number 6 says, Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made on unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. So there's something here that Paul has told this church at Philippi that they ought to do. They ought to have their mind on some things, good things. Now, I find sometimes my mind wanders, and my mind is my biggest enemy. And your mind is your biggest enemy. And if you do something outwardly, your mind has already been on what it is that you've done or you would have never done it outwardly. Now out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What comes out of your mouth, come out of your mouth because it was in your heart. What you do with your hands and your feet is because of something that happened inside of you, uh, your heart. And in your heart, you understand, is your mind. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than the two-edged sword, piercing you to the dividing the center of the soul and the spirit, the joints of the marrow, is the discerner of the what? The thoughts and intents of the heart. That's your mind. Your, your heart don't think. Your beating muscle don't think. So we understand here that there's something that our minds are supposed to be on, but youth have youthfulness. They have the privilege of physical ability. Physical ability keeps them busy, and being busy keeps their mind full all the time, and they have their mind so full of everything else that it's never slow down. They always have something going on, and they are robbed of the ability to think on their creator. When you're old and feeble and you can't do anything physically, all you have left to do is think. Your ability is gone. 
Now, it's a sad day to live your entire life having never done anything for the glory and for the honor of God. To get to the place where you've got your cognitive ability to think, but your inability to do anything with your hands and feet as you would want to. You come to the sudden realization that when you live your life that way, you've lived a wasted life for the Lord. So I want to say this to you in closing tonight, and I'll be done. The freedom of ability is chaining you to sin because you don't have time for God in your youth. But you ought to take your ability that God give you and use your youthfulness for his glory and for his honor. But if you wait until you're on your deathbed before you can get a clear picture of eternity in its full scope, you'll find that you've made it to your deathbed having wasted your life and never done anything for the glory and for the honor of God. Use your youth for the Lord and it will pay dividends. If you're elderly tonight, you've wasted your life, don't waste the breath that God's given you. Use it to praise Him. Use it to pray. Use it to read. Keep your mind on the things of God. God will use your prayers and your praise for His glory and for His honor. So I would say to you tonight, we need to not only remember our Creator in our older days, we better remember our Creator in the days of our youth. Let us pray, okay? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the scriptures tonight. We thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for helping us preach the message tonight in spite of the fact that we are live streaming and alone tonight in the house of God. But we feel your presence and we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us tonight. We ask, Lord, that maybe someone that... Uh, as you listen to the message tonight, might be encouraged, could be helped, could be quickened, Lord, to be better tomorrow than they are today. Lord, thank you for our church. Please bless our church. Please help our church. Be with our young folk. Be with our middle-aged folk. Be with our older folk, we pray. I pray you'd bless them where they are tonight. Thank you for the privilege of being their pastor. Lord, and being your servant, I am not worthy. I know that I'm not. And I know I never will be. But thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. For your long suffering. For if it were not for those things, I certainly wouldn't be standing here tonight. Help us, we pray. Touch your people. Bless your church. Bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.